now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for letting us into your ears today. We are about to get to know DPR Ian. He's an incredibly fascinating human being. He's from Australia, has a K-pop past. We're going to get into all of it. Plus, we're going to talk about his brand new album, Mood Swings Into Order. Highly recommend. But please subscribe to our podcast, share with those you care about, and let us know who we should interview next at Sex Hang Show on any form of social media. Okay, Christian Yu, here's DPR Ian. Hello, beautiful human. My name is Zach, that is Dan, and we welcome to the studio DPR Ian. Hey, hey. Is, is that so much. pronounced correctly? Um, Yes, that is correct. DPR Ian. Yeah. Talking to that bad boy, eat that microphone for me. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, deep make it a little more yeah, right. <laughs> I want you to be comfortable, but you are a very sp- soft-spoken person. Uh yes, I am. I am. It's a lot of the um, uh, it's a lot of people mis- misconcept that they think I'm very like loud. I guess at first glance, image-wise. Why is it your tattoos? Maybe. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> your tattoos are beautiful, by the <laughs> thank way. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, every single one of them actually has uh, a story to tell. Yeah. When did you start getting them? Um, I think I started getting them about seven years ago. Um, wow. It was just the first one I just got, got out of because um, it was just pure. I was just rebelling against my company at that time because um, I used to be in the K-pop scene. Yes, yeah, c Clown. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you weren't meant to like uh, get tattoos, obviously, as, as an idol. But um, I just went ahead and got one secretly on my chest. So, What did you first get? Um, it's just a motto that I live by. It's, uh, it's called, it's called, um, be there, be down, be you. So it's just be there at the right place and always be down to do something and then be yourself. What was your company's reaction to it? Um, at first, uh, honestly, I don't think they really cared. Okay. But then, um, afterwards when we would have to go up on um, stage and stuff like that, the costumes and stuff would have to be just catered to just completely covering it so i think that's when they started like getting kind of pissed why why was k-pop a path that you chose to go down um i don't know i honestly i i came from um a small town in uh, australia called wollongong and i was just brought up in a a full like caucasian neighborhood so i had no like asian you know contact or relationships so i didn't really know too much about uh, my own culture so i think when i went to korea um k-pop was like a huge culture shock to me do you get discovered for k-pop before you go to korea no I, actually i got discovered in korea and um it was pretty crazy because i was walking out um to the convenience store and uh they just street casted me like this this gentleman in in a suit uh wearing a tie just handed me out this um i guess ticket or something uh like a flyer yeah yeah and he was asking me all sorts of questions he was asking me obviously how old i was and i thought it was like some shady business type of thing um some like underground type of thing 
So I didn't really mm, consider too much until it said, uh, like it had the company's name. So I called my mom and asked her about it. Uh, she said, yeah, it's a, it used to be a fairly big company back in the days. Um, so I went the next day, um, not knowing what I was walking into. It turned out um, I went to an audition and you had, I still remember you had like 30 people just waiting in a line. And I thought it would just be like an interview thing, but apparently everyone was like rehearsing, singing, and I had nothing to prepare for. So when it came to my turn, they were like, can you sing? And I was like, uh, no. Uh, can you dance? I was like, yeah, oh, I could dance. Um, do you have anything prepared for us? I was like, no. So they ended up just taking the, the guy that went before me, used his track, and after that it was like, Man, it's just so embarrassing because I was I was b-boying freestyle <laughs> to a song that was just a, it was a comical song. It was like uh, I don't know how to explain it, but it was just like um, it was by Psy, you know, the yeah. Star guy. So he uh, it was his song, but it was like a very interesting, like very interesting retroy like beat. Nothing you would imagine b-boying to. So I thought I think they thought that that was uh, funny. <laughs> and they just kept me like going through the whole song and at that point i was just like oh man i'm completely like screwed like, I'm, I'm fucked and then i went home and on the bus ride they they called me back and they're like come back in tomorrow and that's kind of how it really started wow yeah it's crazy did you go to korea with the intention no, not at all like did you have any desire to be in entertainment or make music before even going <clears throat> um well, I'm, because I'm such a spontaneous person, um, I'm such a in-the-moment guy that whatever, I guess, piques my interest, I just delve right into it. And um, at that time, uh, I was into, like, b-boying, dancing. And honestly, Korea at that time was absolutely blooming uh, with winning, like, uh, championships. I'm not sure if you remember, but they they were just dominating that world, so... I just figured, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about this. Uh, I want to do something with my life. Uh, I feel like Australia is not really the best place to be ambitious. You know, it's such a peaceful and comfortable country that you become complacent with a lot of things. So, you know, um, convinced my mom. And I guess after uni, first year of uni, um, I flew to Korea in the hopes of I don't know what, honestly. I have no idea why. I just, I was just, I was so ballsy. So I just went, no plan. And I just figured it would work out. And man, like the first year was just hell for me. Like, oh, I, just, I remember just getting there. I didn't know how to speak Korean. Um, and I just went door to door, like just random people's doors and asking them if they wanted to dance with me. What? Yeah. <laughs> Did you film it? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, well, I think some. Confu- that's it. very creepy. It is. It is. If you think about it now, it's 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 pretty creepy. I, I guess that's how desperate I was, and that's how. Uh, were just, you looking for friends, or what were you looking for? Um, uh, friends too, but I think ultimately, I wanted to start a movement of mm. some sort, and I didn't know what it was, but that was just my initial goal at the time, and I just. Oh god, I'm just like remembering it back now. It's so <laughs> embarrassing. I can't believe I did that, but I I did that. I went to door to door, asked people if I could dance, if they wanted to dance, or if they knew how to dance, 
And if they didn't, I was like, I can teach them. And it was just a matter of convincing these people at the door, and they were just so confused with my broken Korean. So <laughs> you can just imagine, uh, my God, it was just insane. Yeah, but why? Well, I don't understand. Um, why would you do this? I, I don't know. I think it was... <laughs> would you gain out of it? I think I was just hoping to gain mm, just some type of, I don't know, like some type of connection with people to start some type of revolutionary movement. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like a cult at this point, I know, but like, no, honestly, I just thought it would work out like that, but, uh, it, yeah. Did it? Well, coincidentally, um, the people that I did manage end up, like, hooking up with were, uh, at the time, you know, YouTube was just hitting off, um, so I, I had a lot of, uh, stuff on YouTube, and a lot of people watched my stuff for tutorials and stuff like that. And I guess one of the guys that messaged me, who is now like DPR Live, um, we kind of um, met on there, you know, and he, you know, I just, I was like looking at his dance videos and I just thought, you know, maybe this guy could be it. And I just messaged him and I gave him my number. We should meet the next day. And he was from Guam originally, but he came to Korea the same time I did. Um, so, and then, yeah, it's, it just kind of started growing from there. Like one, one thing led to another. And, and so how soon into you being a, a living in Korea, do you get recognized and scouted for K-pop? Um, for me personally, it, it took about a year, I believe it was just very random. Um, and nor did I ever think I was going to do K-pop. Um, reason being, I just didn't know too much about it. Um, and I, I come from a, like a hardcore metal background. So I, I used to just, for me, like my go-to piece Zen music is just a lot of uh, like hardcore metal, grind metal. Like, um, I've, you know, I was in a band before, so it was just, my world was just completely of that sort, you know? And then I guess when I came to Korea, it was just a cultural shock for me. I've just, and yeah, like I've never seen anything like that. I kind of thought maybe this, doing this just completely honestly, it would give me, it, it would grow me an audience for later being able to use that audience to do continue on with this idea of an of a movement that i had and know? it has right uh, yeah apparently so and um but jesus man, the 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 type of stuff that i had to go through in that that period of time was just absolutely hell i had no idea so i kind of walked into the lion's den at that point and oh god it was just it was just a crazy experience like i it's uh it not only is it me trying to adapt to the culture of Korea, but just initially, just uh, like being a product, I didn't actually think they would take that literally, you know. Mm, so, but was, they yeah, do. They do. I mean, you hear about it all the time. Like, uh, uh, you have you hear a lot of cases of, of people coming out and you know just going falling into de depression and they have all types of disorders. Um, I mean, they'll do that to you for sure. I feel like nowadays it's gotten way better. Like it's kind of got filtered through with all the old heads. Yeah, it's very different. Very different. Very the, like different. the cream has really risen to the top. Absolutely. Yeah. It's more consolidated in terms of what companies matter. Right, right, right. And are shaping culture in a substantial way. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. the bigger the stars get, the more control, like the yeah. pendulum of control will, sh will, will swing in their direction. Absolutely. It would have to. It would have to. A hundred percent. But yeah. to be honest, like,
you were a kid who's going to a convenience store <laughs> that was literally some guy in a suit handed you a flyer. You have yeah. zero leverage. No. I don't give a fuck if yeah. you have the best voice that yeah. side of the globe. Yeah, you have street, zero fucking leverage. That is true. That is true. Street casting is one of the. I, I think they still do it time to time. They, I mean, um, by the way, almost majority of the K-pop stars who have sat on our couch yeah. where you're sitting today yeah, yeah. were scouted at malls yeah in toronto yeah in sydney yeah in la mm -hmm. like literally everywhere all over the globe yes yes it is a thing yeah um i mean don't they do that here too like they kind of cast you like they used to have kiosks right at the mall That's right right you go to the mall interesting and uh some woman would come up to you and or your parent that was with you and be like ah have you ever thought about modeling for your child? Your model, your, right. your, your child has potential. Your child's really pretty. Right. Imagine your kid on the side of a billboard. Right, right. That's, but like that's, it's not yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah. Because the truth is like when you get scouted for K-pop, mm. you actually get put into a program. That is true. That's and that correct. That's program correct. could funnel a bunch of different projects. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it was also the notion that um, a lot of the kids... You know they kind of fed this dream um and especially when you're like that young obviously very naive so i mean i kind of signed my life away at that point uh just thinking it would just come somewhat offer me uh an opportunity the, the crazy thing about the the scene in k-pop is you know we know of the big labels like the bigger labels where you know you have uh, now bts like jyp and all that um sm, SM hive yeah yeah so they so you have that group, but then underneath those, um, underneath that group, you have a whole, like almost a thousand other groups. <laughs> All trying to be the big yeah, guy. Man, and it's insane. Every they, uh, Back then it used to be a new idol group every week. Now it's every day. And I, you know, and how I know this is you go to these uh, music broadcasting stations, you yeah. know, when you get to see your you know like your idols on stage and stuff they would be literally in the in the facility and in the waiting rooms as like the waiting rooms are also divided into like you have like the vip waiting room and all that and in in one of the lower vip uh sorry when one of the lower um waiting rooms like the they have just about like 50 groups that don't even get on to the stage and they just arrive in the hopes of convincing the pd to like let them on just today and then a lot of them would just go back <laughs> like that's that's everything set up during, during my time we did that yeah so how, how do you define an idol um well for me technically i always thought the term idol was obviously someone you, you know you look look up to you idolize you know it's like a role model um that i think that's what was uh a little confusing in my time because um i think i first heard the term k-pop idol so in 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 just retrospect for me i just kind of always thought that was you know like someone you really idolize you know so it was just interesting how they just turned that term into some so i mean in in, in a sense it's kind of like they are creating somewhat of a role model but it's just the idea that that role model is such a perfect picture image right if, for me too like i i'm korean but i was not like um I had no, up till that point, I didn't really know what that looked like, like what a K-pop idol was. And I still remember when I flew into Korea for the first time, everyone was Korean and that shocked me first. <laughs> um, pretty funny. And 
and then on these billboards you had all these like very like mannequin doll looking um girls and you know I, I i thought wow that is that looks so nice aesthetically like it's pleasing and i find out later they're like a, a girl group and stuff and they actually like perform and stuff so that was very interesting well at, <laughs> at what point into your time with c clown and the k-pop world were you like it's i gotta get out of here like this is not for me um honestly the minute i went in but it's like <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i stuck i i why do you stick with it just something inside me i was like um you know i like i wasn't gonna just back down out of this like i was i was too stubborn we were trained every thing about us is every time we go into that building <clears throat> we were told everyone's our competition um and and by the way guys this is just like from my personal group experience it's not talking for the rest but and and you know it's like we, we just keep a narrow eye so like but then it's funny because like the first time i saw like our team was the only one like that is when we went to the uh waiting room and every single other team would just be you know like collabing with each other talking with each other and we were, we were just, i was just shocked i was like oh my god like are they allowed to do that um but so you know and then occasionally you'll find someone that you know um and they'll come over but then they'll send them away and um i remember the one of the most embarrassing times was um we went on so they they do like pre-record and you, you you go about you get ready at 5 a.m in the morning go get your hair makeup done and then go to this place and then you wait about another four hours jesus and, christ and then rehearse dry rehearsal and then you you do another <clears throat> another rehearsal right before the show and when you get up on the show um you do three minutes and you're out and you have to wait until everyone finishes so for us we went up uh one day we went up uh it's one of our second promotions and you know like does you know the red lights come on with mm. the camera so you you're you have to fixate your eyes wherever it is uh we had a hard time by the way the, the light was just tiny as fuck so it was just like sometimes when you're dancing like you miss it um but i think one one of my members he he missed looking at the red light because when that comes on that's you know that means the camera's on yeah it's rolling so he missed one of those lights and then when we came back down we just got like yelled at like crazy because he missed it and and then they made us um like kneel in the corridor where everyone was like going back and forth from the stage to the waiting rooms and it was just the most embarrassing like they made you kneel which is like the most it's it's either the sign of it's a sign of respect to someone you're kneeling to or yeah. a sign of disrespect towards yourself oh yeah shame shame, shame yeah i wish it was a sign of respect i mean i kind of wanted to make it look like that but it was just no bowing is respect yeah. kneeling is shame yes i'm yes, sorry yes yes is it like a hard <laughs> process to adapt dpr in or to at least make sure you're making the right decision when it comes to a name now, yeah a hundred percent now <laughs> i like i almost some some could say I I turned like a full 180 of my image just to get away from that image. You but, know? <laughs> but also like Christian, you use a cool name. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Um, you you know I have a lot of names. Um, uh, Rome, Padom, uh, you know Christian, Ian, Devery. The reason is uh, for me, I'm such into uh, characters that I've always identified a different part of my life to be a different character. Therefore, I would give that me of that self a, a name a different name so if you do you create characters or yes. they oh no um rather than creating characters um 
because I'm not going to be the same me in 10 years and, and so forth. Um, so I always hit a like a stage in my life where I, I know I'm transitioning. And, you know, whether that be from metal to K-pop to dance and then now to this, uh, to film, it, it just takes stages in my life. And I just kind of always like giving that a whole new identity. Yeah. How do you define this stage? Um, so this stage is Ian. Ian. So DPR Ian. And what does DPR mean? Well, DPR, uh, you mean our company's name or? Oh, so it is. So it is the company. I saw yeah. that it's a record label too. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And we just had DPR at the front of it. Got know? it. So, yeah. It's very interesting. <laughs> so how would you describe the music you're making now? You go from metal to K-pop to what? Uh, metal, K-pop to just everything combusted into one now. It's like, it's just a whole ray of emotions. For me, I... Uh, at an early age, I, I, for me, music was just everything. But for me, I didn't know, but music was everything only if I could imagine something like on it. So I've, I, I'm a huge imaginer. Like I love, I love to imagine. Like if I'm not doing anything, I'm just imagining, not doing anything else. So when you say music was a big part of that, was it making music or listening to music? Listening to music in the early stages. Um, I, you know, I remember elementary school. Just go to the CD stores and, you know, you could preview listening to them. I just based it on the album cover. I didn't know what. It, so a lot of the CDs were like uh, Moby, Jameric Choir, mm. um, and, a lot, you know, just covers that really spoke out to me. And I just took the CDs and I listened to it. And it was just, I was just blown away constantly. And I wouldn't leave the store until like, they they kick me out and I just go back home. So every Saturday, Sunday, I did that. Um, it, yeah, it was just, it was such a... For me, it really filled my like highs. And then in middle school, um, I I remember I, I went manic for some reason, and I didn't know what what it was at that time. And I got diagnosed for uh, bipolar bipolar one. I still remember I was sitting in math math class, and then all of a sudden I was okay, and then I started bawling out just. And my friend was like, you hate math that much? And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, you're not helping. And I just started like bawling. And then I freaked out and I ran, I ran outside. And that journey from that to the toilet uh, felt like a whole like trip of like things coming at me. Everything was like slow-mo. And it was just such a, such a weird feeling I've never felt before. And I couldn't simulate it with anything. So I went home um, and... My mom, mom, it was like, oh, you know, it's just, you know, puberty or whatnot. But then it happened again and again and again. And um, that's when I, you know, I, I, I went to the therapist and it was apparently like, um, like a bipolar thing was genetics. It's just that my cell just kind of triggered during puberty. Um, so, my God, like trying to control that was just a hell of a ride. Yeah. And what role does music play in managing that? So... One of the coping mechanisms that they uh, offered me was to channel that through creativity, you know. And I mean, I, there's you hear it all the time, but creativity and bipolar or depression they can't they come hand in hand. <laughs> so at at that time, I, I it was an outlet for me to really take this in, into a, a fresh plate, kind of like a playground, and do anything as you will. Um, however, you know, I'm just, I, I sometimes wonder if that did me more harm than good because it's like you've just shown me a world where you can absolutely do anything you want with the feelings that you have. 
like I from that point just ran with it and it became my you know my secret spot but it started getting bigger bigger the things that I kept sweeping under the rug got bigger bigger and once I it, it's hard because once you've um, I don't know how to say this but once you've like figured how to do this out it gives you enough of a high and a manic to move on to something bigger and bigger and bigger and it just has been mounting like ever so less like it just kept building and building up to this point um, and I just had to find a way to control it more and more because my outlet was getting smaller so I had to expand that and expand that and it was just I'm still trying to figure it out but it's um, I just don't have a middle ground sometimes mm. um, uh, it's not sometimes I think all the times yeah which is kind of attached to the first tattoo you got yes yes you're down for anything yeah, oh well that's a good <laughs> you're either you're, you're you it doesn't matter the direction you're that. going you're a hundred percent and then some in that direction yes that is correct um I just don't like it how a lot of the times I make some of these uh crazy decisions um whether it be my highs or lows I I there's a huge differentiation with, with your highs and your lows that the, the for example if I started doing a project in my highs and I started dipping I can't go back to that um, unless I'm back up so there'll be countless times where I'll make a song um, during that phase and if I do not complete it during my highs I'll have to wait another cycle for me to come back to that that goes to say same thing with my downs you know it's 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 uh it's pretty tricky yeah <laughs> so the first album mood swings in this order yes and then you have a character Mida that goes along with that that is correct can you explain like how you came up with that whole idea yeah sure um so Mido, uh i identify so as, as i've just said it's like i've been living with a lot of many highs and lows but every time i'm in i'm in that state um i change completely like it's as if my world's just been flip upside down and and the crazy thing is there's no trigger point uh there's no trigger point to this it just is a chemical switch in in your brain um i think for me i'm just sensitive even to weather like so depending on the uh the temperature of the air that changes ice change as well can you feel yourself changing absolutely um it but what's been scary is um it's been long time ago it it was more of a gradual thing like i could just kind of feel the tip of it oh then i know so i kind of prepare for it but recently it's been just like just just abrupt like just uh, and and i think that's what really shook me like um, i was on shoot the other day not too long ago and i remember i just blacked out i was fine i was like talking to you uh you know as if i was talking to you guys right now and i blacked out completely and then I just, um, the next thing I remember, I was in the toilet and I was just like, the glass was broken and I was just like shaking. And I don't remember a single thing Whoa. during that blackout. And that's what really scared me. And because I would have that, but then I know if I'm coming to that point, I'll go home and I'll just lock everything. Um, so I, I found I found a couple systematic ways that I do things. Um, but anyway, sorry, going back to the minor thing. So given that, um, I didn't just want to become any artist, as I told you. Like a lot of the songs' inspirations come from either my highest points or my darkest points. Um, but I feel like 
it wouldn't have been right for me to come out as just me because honestly it's not me doing whatever it is mm -hmm. so i wanted to give that character power persona and more so tell my story through that character you know so he represents all that gotcha yeah yeah are you on medication yes 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 i am uh, i had to take a few to come here <laughs> um to be completely honest i'm like i'm dipping right now which is why i think i'm just like i look kind of dead um just to be completely honest um and it's it's just a cycle that happens constantly um actually i've never been <laughs> been on a, on a on a on this radio talk show um in this state um but it's it's definitely something that i'm still trying to figure out you know i'm still it's it's a creative the creative outlet source the the things that i do um it's definitely oh my god it is so destructive like uh, almost to the point where I I know it's destructive, but I'm I chase chaos in such a way where it's like it just entails me now, and um, I I don't further ensure like ensue chaos to anybody else, which is why I'm think I think I'm so cautious and adamant to know willingly how this energy is really being portrayed or or um, I guess influenced because again it's such um, it's such a heavy topic, especially this next album, that if I'm not like too careful with it, I know it might send off the wrong uh, energy, and I and I wouldn't like to do that, you know. Yeah. So, by the way, you're talking about mood swings, yes, which is definitely in very much tied to the conversation we're having now. Very interesting, yeah, yeah. Does making music help manage? That's any of this. It's a it's a good question. Um, I don't think, uh, I, it helps me release if, if that's a good way to say it. I don't think it, I don't think in the long run, it doesn't help it though. It, I think it feeds in more into, um, this, this dark pattern that I have, because again, it's, it comes from the idea that for me to now use this, uh, as a reliant source of every time I go into these swings, it's almost like I'm abusing it. Mm. Because I know once I'm in here, or once I'm down there. In the beginning, I only knew how to use uh, this when I was high. But as I got older, I started channeling that when I was in my lows. And I think that's when it got dangerous. Because I, I kind of started fucking around. And it just, the stuff that came out from here though, was so much more impactful. It was, you know, this. That's where So Beautiful came out of and uh, my song Nerves. And it was just so much more beautiful. Um, evidently, just because everyone was more gravitated towards that. And I think that's when I started getting a lot more curious about venturing off into that um, that manic side and, and really just kind of juicing that out. And I think recently, um, during the second album, that's kind of when I feel like uh, at a certain point, I, I felt like I stepped over the line because um, I started meddling with, I guess I know it's, it's, it's something dark, so it's dark energy, but I started really meddling with that. And it, it just really zapped the life force out of me. Um, Making music well in a manic state? Yes, yes, uh, in a low manic state, but just completely abusing that. It's not uh, just purely for this, you know, um, 
purely for music or purely for this story that I'm I'm creating. And um, but is it a story ripped from your reality, or is it? I I would like to imagination. Oh, uh, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely a, a lot personal, but I've configured it in a way where it's relatively a fantasy. You know, it's a, it's a very interesting story. Um, this time I'm not releasing a music video. I'm releasing releasing a short film. So it's going to be very interesting. Very cool. Yeah. I, mean, I can't wait for you guys to watch it. <laughs> By the way, Mood Swings is the album. It is out now. Yes. Link in the description below. Also, we'll be playing records from it right here on Amp. Thank you. Question. So Mood Swings in this order was the first one and this the follow up Mood Swings into, into order. order. Yes. A little, okay. little trick there in you know, I yeah. into Yeah, I don't know what the third one's gonna be, so if you have any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so it's not called Mood Swings. No, it is, but there was the first album was Mood Swings in right. this order. The Got second it. album oh, yeah. was Mood Swings mm -hmm. into order. Mm -hmm. Ah. It's it's like the acronyms for MITRE. Um it's yeah, it's a very interesting name. I think I just I kind of gravitated towards it. Yeah, is Mito you? Um, in a sense, absolutely. Yeah, because he's me in my manic state. I don't think he's me when I'm like on medication. It kind of dumbs it down. Do you acknowledge that you are someone different when you are in a manic state? Absolutely, because the reason being is it's it's kind of like this. It's kind of like um. I, I can't recollect the thought process or the thought train that I had when I was in that state. And it's it's just, it's almost scary to the point for me where um, I just can't imagine myself doing something like that. Hence the Black House. And I think mm. it's, it's very interesting because, um, uh, you know, yeah, I, my face, it's, I don't know how weird this might sound, but um, again, like, I'll, you know, your mental really, plays key into also your physical state. So when I when I'm in that state, my eyes sink in and just physically uh, everything goes in. And it's just kind of weird that that always happens. Yeah. Mito too. Can I call it Mito too? Yeah, absolutely. Were That's you awesome. were a lot of these songs recorded when you were on medication or in a manic state or is it kind of both? Um it's both. Okay. Both. Um I'd say like maybe just one was when I was just mellow um but actually most of them if not 90 yeah 99 i'd say i was going through it yeah how, how does the song start for you it starts uh you mean in this album well, i mean in general is there one way is it a lyric is oh, it a piece of production uh, for um uh, for me it's a it's imagination first so i i think of the i think of a, a character i think about how that character f uh feels how he looks like what he's wearing and then i i put that character into um a setting um whether it be driving down a highway just completely high off of something and he's fuming and his pedal keys and his pedals aren't working and you know it's night and it's like you have like comments coming down so i i draw this uh, visual image of my head and then i i imagine what that might sound like in his head um, different character every time. By the way, get a little bit closer to that mic. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry, sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Is it a different character for every song? Um, yes, yes. So, uh, just to give you a little backstory. This story that I'm creating is <clears throat> it's, it's going to be pretty interesting. There's a there's a god that creates uh, this universe. Um, 
And funny enough, this god is a clown. Yeah. You know, <laughs> playing homage. <laughs> you know, might as well make something out of it. You know? um, what better god to have, right? Um, and, and this clown starts, you know, fucking around and he starts um, making all these characters and stories in a reflection of who he is. He gives each character a story to tell. And his first creation um, gets jealous of all the other creations, you know. It's a bit biblical, but he gets jealous. And the first story that he's ever made, or the first creation that got jealous, uh, happens to be an angel, an archangel. And this archangel gets jealous, and the clown obviously sees the dark in it and decides to banish him. But what that further does is it it changes him into like the demon king that he is now. Um, it changes him because he goes through a phase of betrayal, love, and that love coming, love to fury. And you see the transition where he goes from this to the darkness that he is. Cuts into present time, this guy hasn't forgot. He swears to destroy every single one of this God's creation. He, he decides to infect, not destroy, infect every one of his stories making him the main character of each story rather than the Ian that he set out to be. Mm. So he does so. And until one day, the, the clown gets a brilliant idea to throw something, a little, a little something into this story that confuses this mito. And pretty much he's trying to find a successor as well. So, the, um, you know, just long story short, that's kind of the basis of what the story is. That darkness being mitre, by the way, the first creation. Yeah. This is beautifully intricate. It is intricate. Thank you. But <laughs> and as much as it is a story that's, you know, from your imagination. Yes. could definitely hear the reality that exists. Yes. Oh, that, that's nice then. That's good. I wanted to touch upon that too, for sure. You got to listen to this body work. It is very much out there. Is, so is this going to be like a series? It's going to be a series, um, a two-part series. The first part, again, just um, the introduction to... Uh, I, I'd say the first album, Mido, is more of um, showing showcasing Mido for the first time, not really exploring too much into depths. The second album now is talking about the origins, how he became to be and present day story. Yeah. What have you taken with you from your time with C Clown and as a trainee and applied to this Definitely solo the clown aspect of it? <laughs> um, you know, that goes without notice. But I think what ultimately C Clown the experience led me to do was um, like I'm I'm a very expressive person uh, through through a creative medium. C Clown allowed me like, it humbled me to pent that up, if you know what I mean. Like um, the amount of um, times I felt like I was deprived of really being able to show what I want to show, because again, it's it's not your dance, it's not your song, and you're, you're not doing, you have no control over anything yeah. you do, you're a product. So I think that amount of frustration uh, led me to really, really valuing the moment when I do decide to get to uh, do my own thing and I think because again you hit your lows and once you come back you're like okay oh my god I'm I'm gonna kill this and I think that drive uh, 
yeah, I was just like crazy about it. And, I, you know, that's why I thank them for giving me that drive. I would never regret, I don't regret a single moment when <clears throat> I was there, you know. And obviously, a lot of the people that I met, uh, other teams, um, that was definitely a bonus, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, you do have an audience that is continuing to grow and supporting you as you yeah, that's, that's write amazing. your own stories. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Like, I've never understood that concept i um you know it's like i'm not trying to be like humble or anything but i really never i i guess i never thought to myself um like especially with the f word fame you know um because i don't think i was ever in it for uh, something like that i like the keyword audience um i want to grow out an audience uh to tell a story an interesting thing my me and my friend was having a, a conversation she asked me if i was an entertainer or a, or a storyteller and I had to really think long and hard about that because um, I do love entertaining people. But then I thought, I feel like the only reason why I love entertaining, whether it be dancing, music, or, or film, is so I can tell my story, ultimately. It, have a better way to... Um, convey make, the message. Yes, convey the message in a very tasteful way. Um, you so, can be bold. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I think yeah. the greatest entertainers are the best storytellers. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. That's 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 a valid point. Yeah, you're right. I think about it. Yeah, like the most original form of entertainment was a story. Yeah, yeah, actually, even right. fables. That's true. That is true. That's something to think about. <laughs> yeah. What are you thinking? The last question I had is: when you listen back to the music, can you tell the difference just by listening about what kind of mindset you were in? Um, y yes, but I, I, for example, won't be able to relate at all. Like it's like um, it's almost like its powers have been just stripped away when yeah. I listen to something. Uh, for example, a song like um, So Beautiful was like in one of my darkest times. That's why it's so eerie. I, when I listen to that now, I, I remember doing it, but it, it feels like it, I don't feel it. You know what I mean? I, it, doesn't feel, it doesn't hit me in a way because it was so... I, because I think I've exhausted everything that I felt about that only in that period of time. Which is which is why I'm a living nightmare for like business people because it's like <laughs> <laughs> depending on how I feel, it's like this would come out. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. But you're your own boss. Um. Yeah, I guess so. I'd like to think so. I'm like <laughs> taking orders too much. <laughs> but you own your label, right? It's all you. Um. Yes. Uh. Me and uh, me and uh, this other friend. We we were uh Scott. By the way, we were a collective. I think we all came up in this. Uh. Starting with a few found men, uh, founding members, we started just as, again, like a bunch of kids um, just doing it for fun. And I mean, I, mean, I brought all, together all, all, all the people that we're in and everyone else, well, Scott especially, helped structure this whole um, brand the, the day it is, you know. It's crazy, yeah. And it's continuing to grow. I know, that's crazy. I'm, I guess it's such a... Oh, it's insane like you know like we're here to just put on a show you know and we just we would hope people would enjoy it take whatever they want from it but at the end of the day it is putting on a show for everyone i gotta keep reminding myself this is why i do the things that i love doing you know and um it, it is a nice friendly reminder when someone you know like yourself would say that because i i don't get enough time outside of 
what I what I do, especially when I'm because I'm right now I'm editing as well, and it's uh, it's driving me insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just too busy making it. You have no idea what is going on around you. Yes, yes, that is correct. So you know things like that. It's it's uh, it's very nice to hear. It's working. Yeah. So thank you so much. DPR Ian, listen to the music, please. It's called Mood Swings. That's the album. Put in your ears. What? Hey, you are just so fascinating. Oh, really? It's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank I'm you so, so glad much. we did this. Yeah, oh you're definitely God. easily like the coolest K-pop person <laughs> we've had on, or ex-K-popper. I mean, because you're not you're not an idol anymore. Oh yeah, you're an idol to me. Oh yeah, cool, <laughs> in your cool. current form. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. Well, I think the definition of idol is going to change over time. Oh yeah, right, right, right. I really do believe that. I know, like you think I'm crazy. No, no, I don't think I'm crazy. I, I don't know. I do think that there's going to be different versions. Like, I'm telling you, like, yeah. America doesn't like perfect. Right. Like right. our biggest stars are like they right. look like me. Like we're fat and right. we're ugly, and so, you know yeah. we we like have zits and shit. Oh, um, you're not ugly. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, I'll take the charity compliment. <laughs> no, but like they 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 look normal. You know, they look like they'd be among us. They yeah. look like somebody you you don't feel yeah. intimidated to talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for me. That's very idealistic. I think I like that a lot more. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I want to see that definition change. Happening. Yeah. Actually. Actually. Yeah. Definitely a lot more proud of that. Like for me, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I guess the genuinity, the realness of it, the rawness of it, that's what makes people relate more, right? Yes. Yeah, the, so. the, they actually look like a friend. You can approach yeah. them. You're, yeah. you're not afraid to talk to them. That's you don't correct. feel less than yeah. by yeah. being next to them. That's correct. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I think it could happen. Yeah. I believe you though. <laughs> Let's see. I believe you. It's because well, it's what people want. I, I, I think mean, deep down, I've been like I've been a fan of K-pop. Yeah, the Wonder Girls is are the first oh, girl group really? to ever uh, first K-pop group to ever come on our show. Wow, wow. Yeah, that was in two thousand nine. Wow, that is a while ago. Wow. Yeah, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Wow, my goodness. Yeah, I've been doing this for fifteen years. Do you, uh, I mean I'm sure you do, but like, does it ever get like too flustering for you too? Like, is this more? Oh no. If you get so at, at a point, you're in my fucking territory, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> You're right. coming into my zone. I'm in charge here. Interesting. How, did, were you when you got into this position though? Did you immediately kind of felt like you owned it, or did it take a lot of time for you to just meld into this? Great question. Mm. Um, there was two sides. So one side of what I do every day is like like an audio diary oh. with my friends. Like I get a chance to talk every day about my life and right. talk about news and stories and right. all this shit that's going on. Right. That came natural because the reason I started a radio show to begin with was because I had no friends. Mm -hmm. I literally, I transitioned from a tiny Catholic school to a large public school. So like a tiny private school, 80 kids yeah. were in the whole school Yeah, yeah. to a school that had 2,800 kids. 2,800, wow. And I had no friends. Nobody knew me. Oh my God. And I would go for months, bro, on end where nobody would talk to me in the school hallways. Like the teachers barely acknowledged me. That's crazy. So I had so much like, almost like what you were saying in terms of you were deprived creatively. So when it was time for you to go, yeah. you had so much to say. Yeah. The second, like, I thought somebody was on the other side of the speaker listening to me uh -huh. was the second I just became the most free. Interesting. So this thing became my best friend. Right. The microphone in as like an, like a symbol, but really it was the people on the other side of the speaker. Mm -hmm. So what came really natural was sharing right. every aspect my existence wow. i mean to the point like 
when I get good news, like yeah. my sister had a baby mm-hmm. a year ago and I found out wow. three minutes later, I was on the radio telling everybody wow. like that's, this wow. is my friend. Right. So that came natural. So there wasn't much of a learning curve. Right. That's in- Oh, wow. But interviewing, I mean, I don't know, maybe. I'm sure there was a learning curve and I'm sure right. there's been like, if you go back and you, because I've been interviewing people for 15 years. So like, and it started over the phone and they were always longer than the usual. So uh, yeah, there's, de- I definitely was not nearly as comfortable as I am today. Like even a year and a half ago, you two were, years like, ago. natural at it. Yeah. Ultimately. Oh, wow. Well, definitely. Yeah. I care. Like I right. care about people. I'm right. innately curious. Mm-hmm. I also like understand that there's a route to everything like yes, nothing just yeah. is yeah I, I think i realized that about uh i mean i've watched a few of your interviews oh, thanks you're you're you have a very sensitiveness to understand and therefore i think it really um you have this aura where you you give the i guess the person that's being interviewed uh enough comfortability to like really just open up i think that's <laughs> gifted because that's like uh you don't really see too much of that even if people are you know interviewers or or, or whatnot um, it's Thanks. that sensitivityness, you know, and I think that detail I think is is very impressive. It goes a long way. Yeah, it does absolutely. I I think it is like a. It's funny between therapy and I've been doing. I'm not bragging, but like the New York Times mm-hmm. in America is huge, mm-hmm. and they asked to profile me for their Sunday edition. Mm-hmm. So I've been spending. I'll spend five hours with the guy writing a story, well, but like I'll yeah. spend five hours with him at one time and then spend another 10 hours with him in two different sessions. Right, right. So I sit down and I really, we, th- these conversations are the conversations yeah, we're yeah. having. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's empathy. I think, mm-hmm. um, okay. I am um, also, it's like a, you know, it's a deep, deep understanding right. of like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, you grew up like, kind of poor right right in a single with a single mom mm. whose job it was to be a social worker in like the poorest city in new jersey right she gave up 37 years of her life to like take people off the streets and give them homes wow um veterans single moms right. drug addicts older people who were neglected by the right, system right. my mom dedicated a lot th- of that to that. 37 years That's crazy wow. yeah making no fucking money no. carrying everybody's story and their issues right. as it was her own okay yeah um so I think that definitely plays into it. Right. And then also like, uh, you know, I don't know. It's grew up very diverse. Interesting. And that, so that's probably, would you say because of that, that made you like a very empathetic person? Definitely. That yeah. Well, that, and you know, th- that did. I'm, also, my dad was a raging alcoholic forever. Oh, gosh. My yeah. sister, I mean, you know, is bipolar. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, there's a thousand different things. I mean, my extended family is from Honduras, so I oh, wow. watched like first generation Americans grow up around me. Oh, no, I have a crazy life. Wow, wow. Yeah, it's that's definitely it's very interesting. I wouldn't recommend being close, like lower middle class, right. you know, poor to anybody. But like, yeah. it is what you make of it. Right, and right. I was innately curious, and all I wanted to do was make friends, even though nobody really wanted to make friends with me. Right, right. So it all kind of that. I mean, I think. It worked out then, really, didn't it? Like, I mean, it was like you were bubbling that up too, and then it just, totally like, when you found the outlet, it was just like this. You just kind of all these things that you're penting up just like exploded. Somebody was there to listen, even yeah. though if nobody fucking was, because yeah. I knew eventually somebody would be. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's beautiful. I had no idea that at a certain point there'd be a million and a half people listening every night. Wow. I had no fucking no. clue. Couldn't have bet yeah. that one, no, but uh, yeah, that's crazy, man. That's uh, well. I think that's amazing. That's such a beautiful story. Well, yeah. I'll send you the New York Times. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> I'm fucking around. I appreciate you even bringing it up. That means a lot because, you know, people, oh, we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. Oh, uh, yeah. The conversations I, do go two ways. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, I, I was genuinely like, I wanted to point that out. Too. I really want to say that to you because, again, um, for me, it's very important because uh, a lot of people like talking and even like, uh, but uh, not many people listen, I think, you know. <laughs> It's it's a, and again it's a very hard thing too, like putting oneself down and really listening, you know, really engaging. But that's like what I love. Like, yeah, see, that's amazing. <sighs> that's that's so natural to you, and I think that that too is a gift. Honestly, I know it's like you can just tell people to do that, but um, I always I always realized there was there was not too many people that are you know listening, like actually really listening, really listening. There's a difference between like surface level listening yeah, and you're there. Listen. Yeah, yeah, but like. I like I I haven't looked away from you. Mm. Like me, I looked away from you like once. Yeah, yeah. you know, like I really, I'm, yeah, I listen definitely. Uh, yeah, I I can feel that from you guys. But you're also super fascinating. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's coming from somebody who doesn't always listen. Oh, there's say, that's me. There's sometimes I'll be honest in interviews where my mind's <laughs> drifting in a thousand places. The next thing I know, I'm like, well, I have no idea what was just talked about. <laughs> oh, and man. I just hope that I don't re-ask a question that was already asked. Oh. but you, you just uh, like your story uh, just locks people in. Really? Yeah. Really? Wow. Wow. Oh wow. That's I'm telling you, yeah. effortlessly cool and effortlessly beautiful. Thank you. Oh my God, that means a lot. <laughs> that means a lot to me. Yeah, for sure. Y'all should listen to Mood Swings. Yeah. Do it. DPR Ian, I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Christian Yu. Yes. Still a cool name. Still a cool name. I'll, I'll definitely go back to that then. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing because it's definitely fucking yeah. working. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, thanks for spending your album release with us. I really couldn't appreciate it more, oh, man. No, absolutely. It's, a, it's an honor. Um, you know, I think this is, was the perfect place to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. our doors are always open. Our studio is always here, and uh, hopefully, this is the first of many. Oh, of course, I can't wait. Yeah, thank you. Thanks thank for you being so here. Much. No, no, thank you. DPRE and everybody. Woo! Hey, beautiful human, you made it through our conversation with Christian, also known as DPRE, and highly recommend listening to his album. It's called Mood Swings Into Order. And if you want to see the video of the entire interview, it's up on YouTube. Zach Sang Show, search it. And please let us know who we should have on the show next. At Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. Subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends, and please be safe. Hug your family if you can, and don't go to jail. I'll talk to you real soon. Peace and love. Today's show is hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. He was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Dorostock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Herless. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show. Talk to you soon. <laughs>